0: Welcome to TCC Alive, a podcast of Toleri Community Church. Well, It's good to be with you uh, today in worship. Uh, thank you to the worship team and the praise team for uh, leading us in that time. We're going to go to God's Word now, and I'm going to invite you to pull out your Bibles and turn to the Book of John. Um, today we begin a new series, and the series is called Fake News, and uh, This particular message of the three that we'll have in this title uh, is going to be called Truth with a Touch. And when you go to John 1, 14 and 17, you see kind of what that touch is. So John 1, 14 and 17, this is what it said. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, the one that came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then verse 17, for the law was given through Moses... But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, as we look at you now as the truth and with a touch, with this grace, we pray that you'd meet us here by the power of your Holy Spirit. Uh, Amen. You know, before we go further in the new series, let's just take a peek quickly back. We've been in a series called The New Normal. uh, And just looking at when we find ourselves at a crossroads and we have some decisions to make and direction to go. Uh, we, we are going to look for those ancient paths, and which way is the Lord uh, leading us? Uh, it, this is especially important to when we lose our way. It's uh, so easy, isn't it, to to lose our way in life? and then when we find ourselves in that place, uh, we we are called again to follow the way that the Lord Jesus is leading, and so um, we came to that place that often when we find ourselves at the crossroads, it's going to it, it's going to include some repentance. We looked at different pivot points of God's people in history, and and even when they weren't getting it right and they they messed up, they could come back to the Lord. When they came back to Him, He would show them the way, and He would be the way. Uh, we uh, discovered what it looks like that um, even when we're not faithful, God is faithful, and His His will cannot be undone. And so again, it comes to trusting God and following him, leaning into him, following his lead, uh, not walking away from him. Um, In this series, uh, the teaching team found ourselves often at this particular scripture in the book of John. We kept coming back to it. I used it yesterday in a in a funeral, actually, and this was you know in John fourteen where he says don 't let your hearts be troubled oh the those words we so need to hear right now is that our hearts won 't be troubled there 's so many troubling things going on. Well, his disciples were troubled for sure, and he goes on to tell them that you know trust, trust in in God, trust in me and then he went on to say that in my father 's house are many rooms he 's going to make a way. Again, um, and then he's going to come and take us so that we can be where he is. Such comforting words uh, when we ha- find ourselves in those hard places, even especially in those places of death of a, a, a loved one. And But then uh, he, his disciples were confused. They weren't quite sure. What, what What's the way? How are we going to get there? They asked him, and this is when Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me and I'm going to continue to invite you keep coming to Jesus as the way. He's the way from God to man and he's also the way from us to the Father. He makes a way through uh, his work on the cross, his death and resurrection and again um, how good he has been. so again he's the way and now we're going to pivot, into the fact that he also said about himself is that he's the truth. And so, I want to quote from Shane. He wrote in our email that uh, kind of summarizes where we're going. Here's what he said about the truth. This is where we're headed. Our world is filled with confusion and conflicting information. Boy, that's for sure. Our social feeds are overwhelmed with gaslighting and hashtags of fake news and Even churches themselves have wandered from sound doctrine. In a culture that is increasingly relativistic, in a Christendom that progressively denies the tenets of Christianity, we want to be a church that stands in affirmation that Jesus is the only truth and embrace God's word as the only standard for objective reality. Wow, that is really well written, and it is certainly our heart for this particular series. And we understand that a series on truth is no small undertaking in a culture that indeed is increasingly relativistic. I don't know if you're familiar with that word, but relativism is the belief that there's no absolute truth, only the truths that a particular individual or culture happened to believe. If you believe in relativism, then you think different people can have different views about what's moral and immoral, even right and wrong. You know, this isn't anything new. Before it was called relativism, it was just in the book of Judges, it was calling people doing what they thought was right in their own eyes what a mess they made and what a mess we had. Wow, I come to the, the pulpit today and just with a heart heavy with things that are going on in our culture and in our in our cities and the brokenness and how all of this has, has just really uh, been such a, a mess. I found great hope in um, the good work of a, a man whose name is Ravi Zacharias, and I just want to point to those of you who are in high school, certainly our college students, and and any any of you who want to go deeper in all of in, in any of these things, to look at his work. He has a, a, a great podcast uh, and YouTube channel and and such, and um, he is a. a, a A fine apologist and and pastor. He just happened to die here in this last month, and I'm really sad about that because I've been listening to him a lot. He is helping me, and I know he will help you as you want to go deeper into the truth of the gospel, the truth of Christianity, as it compares against this more relativistic kind of culture. He's brilliant. He's clear. He's traveled the world, and he's met in many many university campuses to share the faith to debate against uh, atheists and all number of beliefs Uh, he he speaks the truth but he he does it with grace and respect and um, more often than not his audiences are very skeptical and even hostile at times scoffers of course, this also isn't that new when we look back at Jesus's life and we start thinking about, OK, what is true? I mean, what what really is true? And certainly in these days we're exasperated because there's so many different um, uh Words coming across. There's different messages coming across from this expert to that expert, coming at it from the same. I mean, from two different directions and two opposing things. I mean, it is so very confusing at times. Um, but this idea of scoffing at the at at the good news or at at God um, or Jesus having the truth. Uh, we read in John 18 when Pilate was um, was having these words, uh, with, with Jesus prior to his, his death. And, um, John 18, verse 37, of course, he was interrogating him, finding out, like, is this guy a a threat to me? Is he going to be a king? That's going to be a threat to, to, to my kingdom. And so he was asking him, so like, are you a king? And, um, Verse 37, you are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. You know what Pilate said at that point? He says, ah, what is truth? The Bible says, what is truth, retorted Pilate. And then you know what he did? He walked out on Jesus. The The truth was right in front of him, embodied, um, full of grace, but full of truth. Not half and half, full of each. And Pilate walks out and uh, doesn't come back um, to him. Winston Churchill would say this about truth. Truth is the most valuable thing in the world. So valuable it is often protected with a bodyguard of lies. Well, we've sure seen that to be true. So what are we aiming at in this series or in this message even? What what would I like you to go? Well, I would love for you to go with me in a couple different places. Number one, um, we want you to affirm this statement. We will be a church that stands in affirmation that Jesus is the truth and embrace God's word as the only standard for objective reality. So the first call is that you would be, along with us, seeking the truth. That you, in your action, in your life, in your daily habits, that you would be about seeking the truth. Jesus invites us to this. In Matthew 7, in that Sermon on the Mount, he would say, ask and it will be given to you. Seek. There it is. Seek and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks the door knocks on the door will be opened. He continues with this, this touch, this, this touch of grace uh, with uh, looking at the Father. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though, are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your Father in Heaven will give good gifts to those who ask Him. And asking for the truth, seeking it, going deeper into the truths of Scripture, that's a prayer that your Father in Heaven would love to answer. And as you seek the truth, I have a caution for you these days, with so many messages coming from so many different directions, I would caution you to to be very judicious, be very careful about who you listen to, who, who you really let into your life, who are the voices that you can trust. We live in a day that anyone can say anything, and we really don't know who they are or where they're coming from. They don't even have to sign their name to it. They might make it sound good, it might be flashy, it might be graphically beautiful, but who who are they? And so, again, this is nothing new, and Jesus had some, some warning to us as well, or some caution to us, and he would say this further in Matthew 7, verse 15, Watch out, he said, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? And he goes on to say all of, you know, kind of what it comes, what kind of fruit comes. But his final conclusion in verse 20 is thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. So that's the first thing he says. Watch out for false prophets. What does their life look like? He goes on to say that, there's also true and false disciples even. He says not everyone who says to me lord lord will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the ones who does only the one who does the will of my father in heaven. So how will we know? With all these messages conflicting and and undermining and you know making it sound good how will we know? Well the first thing that Jesus says is that take time to inspect inspect the fruit of the person's life. Get to know who they are. Are they a trusted voice? What does their life look like? And then the second thing is to hold it up to the light. This is another metaphor for truth the truth of God's word. Jesus would say about himself, I'm the light of the world. I'm going to come into the darkness and I'm going to shine brightly. Psalm 119, verse 105 says, Your word Lord, is a lamp. For my feet and a light to my path, so we need to hold it up to the light it 's impossible for God to lie. I admit that he often is very difficult to understand and and like grasp what 's going on and when we see all everything 's going on um, but I, I, I again want to to warn you I want to um, Tell you kind of how I think. I, say, I I have to be very careful not to mis- misinterpret my own confusion and my perplexity with something that's going on or that I see in God's word, and and uh, and mix it up with the fact that somehow maybe God is confused, or somehow that God is unjust or unloving, as if we, as His creation, creation, are somehow. Like more loving and more more just than God, I just encourage you keep digging, wrestling, even talking with Him. You know, going to the trusted voices that are true, um, and go down uh, that way. And that is go back to Jesus, the way and the truth. So, how did He? How did Jesus? Let's look at Him as the truth. How did He? Who is completely divine, but completely human as well? Interact with his father when things were hard and and difficult and challenging. Um, look back at the Garden of Gethsemane. We see a a pattern here where Jesus is just pouring his heart out to his father. I mean, uh, weeping, you know, sweating even the, the blood, and he's uh, and he is asking the father, "Oh, that this cup would pass from me." But then where does he go? Where does he go? But not my will, Father, but yours. So this trust, this faith, this dependence, even when we don't understand or can't grasp but that we keep coming back to that. So we're going to seek the truth, calling us to seek the truth these days. But we want to do the seek the truth in a posture, a certain posture. So some, some, number two, seek the truth in a posture of humility. Matthew seven twelve again at that great sermon says so in everything do to others what you would have them do to you for this sums up the law and the prophets what was the, what was the sum of the law and prophets well it was to love God all your heart soul mind and strength and then love your neighbor as yourself oh how relevant how potent that is for these days and then they ask well who who's my neighbor of course we wonder who who is who is that and of course Jesus tells that story about you know the um the good samaritan and you know the the samaritan is the hero the the minority is the hero to the to the humility and the humbling of the of the Jews and again um yeah that this idea of being humble again is picked up by james james 4 verse 6 god god opposes the proud he says but shows favor to the humble then hear these words right out of that god opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble verse 7 of james 4 submit yourselves then to god resist the devil and he will flee from you oh what potent timely words these are come near to god And he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. In our current place as a nation, this is the posture that I find myself. This is grievous. This is humbling. This is so painful. And at this point, as we seek the truth, um, I'm calling us to a posture of humility, to listen, particularly to our black brothers and sisters who are who are hurting and who are speaking out. And that has been much of this past week for me it has been meeting with other pastors and community leaders from Tulare United. And I find myself doing a lot of Listening, listening to stories, listening to perspectives. I don't understand it all, but I'm seeking in a humble kind of posture to seek the truth. And I invite you to do that as well. Racism is real. It's pervasive and it's, it is evil and it grieves our God, our creator. And repentance and change is, is needed. A voice that I've been listening to quite a lot also is Rick Warren. Uh, he's timely placed, uh, strategically placed in a in a very large church that has some one hundred and like 60 or 70 languages, even with right in that church has tr- had tremendous influence in the uh, in the country. And I like what he says when he says, you know, God is not colorblind, but color, color blessed. And, and we ought not be color blind, but color blessed that again. This is God's creation. We sang it as children in Sunday school that Jesus loves the little children of the world. And we went on and if Jesus loves and that's the truth, then we ought to love them as well. The best we can and the best way that we can do that these days is to have communication, to enter into their pain and and um, humbly seek the truth along with them and then seek change as well. That. Is our goal here in the community with Tillery United? And I invite you to that as well. So, seeking the truth in the posture of humility, and then speak the truth. Of course, we have to speak it. Um, Paul, the Apostle Paul, tells us how to do that in Ephesians four. It says this: that the Lord Jesus has given the given uh, us leaders, and then Ephesians four verse fourteen. Says this, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of doctrine and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. Speaking the truth in love. Truth and grace going together being respectful but seeking the truth together Ravi Zacharias asks a good question I've been thinking about it a lot perhaps you can as well he asks, how do we reach a generation that listens with their eyes and thinks with their feelings how do we reach a generation that listens with their eyes and thinks with their feelings and his answer to that again, rooted in Scripture in 1 Corinthians 13, of course, is that we love. We love well, but we speak the truth in love. And then without cond- condemnation, he quotes John 3:17, where it says, uh, for God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to, but to save it through him. So again, speaking the truth as clear as we can, as deep as we can, but doing it in love. And then it has to be obviously more than words, and so I am inviting you these days as well to live the truth. It has to be more more than words. And at this point I want to talk about a, a young lady, a teenager who, who lived this out right up to the end of her life. This has been years ago. You maybe remember the the horrific scene at the Columbine School shooting. And Cassie Bernal was a a teenage girl, had had her ups and downs, had been in real dark places, had come to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And just a few days before her death, she had made a video at her youth group. Listen to what she said. She says, "I'm, I'm proud to be a follower of Jesus Christ. She goes on to say, I just try not to contradict myself, to get rid of my hypocrisy and just live for Jesus Christ. Well, what powerful words, that her words and her actions go in the same direction, that she doesn't contradict herself. This being right before she was asked by one of the gunmen, do you believe in God? And she said, yes, yes to the end of her life, then considered to be one of the, the martyrs. You know, John 18 says this about um, about Jesus and, and the truth when he was there with Pilate. He says, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And when Pilate said, what is truth? He walked away. You may be asking, what is truth? Maybe a follower of Jesus and you just want to you want to go deeper in his truth and you're asking what is walk toward him. Don't walk away from walk toward him. Now you might also be a skeptic at this point. And I'm inviting you too to walk toward Christ, walk toward his word, and see what he has to say to you. Jesus is the way, and he is the truth and the life. Let's pray. Father, this is, this is a, a good word, a timely word for us today. As we have so many messages, we want the truth. And so we're going to keep looking to you and to your word. Find us faithful, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray these things. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about the ministries and mission of Tulare Community Church, visit us at tccalive.org.